Good afternoon and welcome back to the Manly Man's Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Ariano. I want to start the show off by apologizing for leaving you guys without a dope pod to step to for a bit. As you all know, and I mentioned on my previous shows, there isn't much going on in the world of sports. And I didn't want to force any topics and I never will force any topics. Having said that, now that the dust has settled on the NBA free agency and the NBA landscape has changed dramatically, I want to talk about some of the moves that were made, what I think about them and how I think they'll work out. But before that, I would like to talk about our women's U.S. national soccer team bringing home the World Cup. Congratulations to our USA women's soccer team for bringing home the World Cup in awesome fashion, I might add. Not only did they bring home the World Cup, the things that they were facing in order to bring home the World Cup and not just their competition. The biggest challenge I think that they faced was the bullseye that they had on them. They were the defending 2015 World Cup champions. Every country that played the United States, you could tell if you watched any of the games, was being more physical, more verbal, to get inside their head. Then you had... All the celebration controversy, if you even want to call it a controversy. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Uh, Some people felt that it rubbed them the wrong way when they beat, I believe it was Thailand, 13 to 0. Um, They're on the biggest world stage. You only play in the World Cup once every four years. If you get the chance to score 13 goals and set an all-time record... You should be celebrating. If you don't want them to be celebrating, stop them on the field from scoring. Needless to say, it was a big controversy. Even here stateside, you had people saying, oh, they shouldn't be celebrating, which kind of led into, do we have a double standard between men and women? Is it okay for men to celebrate uh, when they score a touchdown, when they score a goal, when they hit a home run, uh, you name it? But women can't. Not in this country. Maybe in other countries where they don't have uh, equal rights and everything like that. I I feel as a woman, not only a woman athlete, you should be able to celebrate however you feel like you want to celebrate. And don't ever let anyone tell you how you need to celebrate. That was just one of the things they had to do. Then you had... Rapino and Donald Trump going at it on Twitter. If they didn't need any more attention brought to their team, that brought a whole lot of attention. Uh, I don't really like getting into politics, but I'm just mentioning some of the things that they had that their team was facing while they were going through this World Cup run. I also want to give them a huge pat on the back. Kudos for what they've done for the sport of soccer. Now, truth be told, 
I'm not a huge soccer fan. I'm uh, I'm the average casual fan, right? I'll watch every four years when it's the World Cup, and I'll and I'll watch an occasional soccer game, especially here in the summertime. I mentioned that on some of my other podcasts. Uh, if there's nothing else on TV, I'll watch soccer. Uh, but but by no means am I a soccer expert or anything like that. So I didn't want to mislead you guys into thinking that I'm a huge soccer fan. But I've seen in my local hometown of Phoenix, Arizona, just within the last 10 years, how soccer has just boomed, at least here. I don't know where you guys are around the world, around the country, if you guys have seen similar trends. But it used to be 10 years ago, you'd go to any local park and you saw two sports going on you saw the basketball court field and you saw softball going on you might depending on the park that you were looking at i'm talking about 10 years ago you might have seen maybe one soccer game going on fast forward 10 years later 2019 you can't go to a single city park and not find not only one game, but multiple soccer games going on. And it's not just men's soccer. A lot of them are women's soccer league. I attribute that specifically to our U.S. women's soccer team. I would venture out on a limb and say they've moved the needle more in our country I don't know about other countries in our country for the game of soccer than the men the national men's soccer team has um, like I said I'm not a big soccer fan but I do know that the U.S. has never finished first place in the World Cup they've had some World Cup appearances I think the best that they've ever uh, finished in a World Cup was way back in 1930 that's a stat for today. Manly man stat of the day, 1930. And they that was a third place finish. So they've done so much for the sport of soccer. You see soccer stadiums selling out. You see soccer everywhere. Now, having said that, I have a couple of concerns where the notoriety of the game is a lot more. And being the father of two beautiful little girls myself who someday might want to play soccer I feel that with this increase of popularity in the sport I don't know if you uh, my listeners you guys my listeners know this but soccer per capita has more concussions than American football let me say that again soccer has more concussions per capita than American U.S. football. Even more so in girls slash women's soccer. Girls sustain a higher rate of concussions than the guys do. That's not to say that they don't sustain concussions as well, but women seem to be getting more concussions than men. Uh, I don't know what that's due to. I'm not going to get on the gender role. I I don't know about that. I'm just giving you statistics. And as I mentioned, as a father of two beautiful little girls, I feel that the sport, similar to American football, whether it's true or not, um, 
if they're really trying to make a difference. I'm talking about American football. They're at least trying or you could say they're fake trying or whatever you want to say. But they're, they're, they're trying to change the difference in the rules and how how you tackle now, which is very different from when I used to play uh, tackle football. Um they tackle with their head up. You can't hit a defenseless receiver on and on and on to, pr- to protect the players. And the players themselves are a lot more aware of the concussion protocol. Or if they see a teammate look a little woozy or looks like he got his bell rung, um, they're, more, they're much more aware of that. So I would hope that with this popularity, the growth in popularity, that soccer, especially in our country, would do something to bring more awareness to that, maybe change the way things are done. Not maybe, they need to change the way things are done. Uh, Even one of the women on our US team, uh, I can't think of her name right now, had to go out before the half, before the first half, with concussion-like symptoms. Um, Morgan Kelly, kept getting hit after hit after hit to the head and much like we've seen players in the NFL have tragic outcomes whether it be the most you know suicidal uh suicidal acts on and on you know violence in their homes uh their personality changing later to be attributed to CTE found in their brains and so I, I i i like where our women's soccer has pushed the popularity of the sport but i would like to see more of a conscious effort in the future going forward uh more safety more safety in the sport uh maybe i'm saying that selfishly as the manly man manly man's host uh, because of my two beautiful daughters, uh, if they ever choose to do that, uh, play soccer, that is, uh, I would like to see the game be a lot made a lot more safer, especially when it comes to the area of concussions. But let's move on from that. The other thing that I loved was the Nike commercial. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it. You, I'm pretty sure you can Google it or on YouTube or whatever. I felt like it transcended the sport of soccer, the Nike commercial goes on um, to congratulate our women. It's a whole we believe thing, but it's not a just we believe that we can play soccer. We can we believe we can you name it. It, it it's giving women the ability to, to, to believe in themselves, to say that they can be anything that they want to be. And I thought that Nike hit a hit a home run. Scored a goal. You fill in whatever pun you want to fill in. But they knocked it out of the park. That commercial was awesome. I felt like it transcended the sport. Good job, Nike. We got to take a brief break. But after the break, we're going to get to all the madness that was the NBA free agency. Welcome back to the Manly Man's Podcast with your host, Adam Ariano. Before the break, we were talking about U.S. women's soccer champions. One last congratulations to them. Thank you for carrying yourselves with class and representing our country 
to the best of your guys' ability, especially on Independence Day weekend. However, we're moving forward. Before the break, I said we were going to talk about all the crazy madness that happened during the NBA free agency. I want to talk about some of the major moves even though there was a lot of other moves, I want to talk about the more notable moves that were made. The first move I want to talk about is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving making the partnership happen in Brooklyn with the Nets. If you guys have been listening to my podcast, I thought that Kevin Durant should have stayed in Golden State Because you should never try to get happier than happy. But apparently, Kevin Durant wasn't happy winning championships in Golden State. He's looking for something else, apparently. I kind of knew that he was going to move, even though I didn't want him to move or didn't think he should move. I really don't care where he moves, but I didn't think it was in his best interest. Um, but it's his life. Everybody should do whatever they feel they feel like is best for them. But the writing was on the wall. After he injured himself in Toronto, I don't want to go into it again. He didn't go back to the West Coast. He moved his stuff. So we kind of knew he was going to stay on the on the East Coast. So him and Kyrie made the partnership happen. Now, one thing I didn't mention in my previous podcast that I did want to talk about was You can't overlook the fact that Kyrie Irving visited Kevin Durant while he was in the hospital. I don't know if it was prior to him having surgery or after he had already had surgery to fix his torn Achilles tendon. But you know how the saying goes, you know who your real friends are or who you can really count on when you're laying in a hospital bed. And Kyrie visited him. That probably spoke a lot to the loyalty that maybe Kevin Durant is looking for, even though he himself hasn't had loyalty to the franchises franchises that he's played with. But it's his life and he's free to do whatever he wants to do. Now, what do I think about that partnership and how do I think it will work out? They play in the Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference isn't known to be the tougher of the two conferences. I think they will make a splash. Obviously, this is after Kevin Durant heals for a season. So Kyrie will be on his own for the next season coming up. But Kyrie has an opportunity here to kind of get his feet wet in Brooklyn kind of feel the teammates that they have around them and Kevin Durant has the luxury of seeing how it goes with Kyrie and seeing what he needs to bring to the table while he's rehabbing I think that they will for sure make the playoffs once Kevin Durant comes back into the picture and steps back out onto the basketball court do I think they will be winning any championships the manly man's opinion A big no. I don't think that they will ever even get to a conference finals. But that's why we watch. That's why it's fun to watch the NBA. I don't think they're ever going to get to a finals, let alone a conference finals. But I would love for them to prove me wrong. 
I love to be proven wrong. Uh, it's just fun for the sport. Moving on to the Los Angeles Lakers. In case you guys haven't heard, they've been making some big moves. We all know about the Anthony Davis trade uh, with the Pelicans that sent him to the L.A. Lakers, but they weren't done. Rob Palinka is making moves. It's yet to see if they're going to play out, but they are making moves. They recently acquired DeMarcus Cousins and Danny Green from the Toronto Raptors and also added A.V. Bradley formerly of the Boston Celtics, as their point guard. And they still have my man, cool as they come, Kyle Kuzma. That team is looking pretty nice. They're putting themselves in contention. They're putting the role players around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, Do I think it will lead to championships ultimately? That's yet to be seen from a chemistry standpoint. From a talent standpoint, they they are putting the right players around LeBron James, in my opinion. They're finally getting a couple shooters. Obviously, Kyle Kuzma can shoot from the corner. Now with Danny Green being able to uh, being a spot up three point shooter. That's beautiful. Now you add Boogie Cousins, who will take the pressure off of Anthony Davis doing the dirty work, getting the rebounds. That, that team's looking dangerous. I think they can make deep runs in the tougher of the two conference conferences. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting to watch. The next move that I want to talk about is Kemba Walker to the Boston Celtics. That's a big, in my opinion, that's a dud. I, I don't really... Have you guys ever heard this saying? Uh, uh, subtraction by addition... Some people say it addition by subtraction, but in this case or this scenario, I believe that it was subtract uh, uh, subtraction by addition. I, I don't think that he's going to bring anything different to their team that that they didn't have already. And, and I think Al Horford is on his way out if he's not already on his way uh, already out the door. But I don't think the Boston Celtics got better. Or worse, necessarily. I think they're in the same exact spot. Um, Kemba's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Kemba's a great player. But but you're talking about the ultimate prize. Each team is making these moves with the ultimate aspiration of winning an NBA championship. So you have to say to yourself, how is this move helping our franchise get closer to a Larry O'Brien trophy. And I don't think the addition of Campbell Walker to the Celtics is getting them any closer to that uh, ultimate goal. Moving on. D'Angelo Russell to the Golden State Warriors. I think that in the bigger picture, which is what we just talked about, do I think D'Angelo Russell is going to help them win an NBA championship? Yes, but not because he's going to be on the team and not by what he's going to do on the court. It's what he brings in trade value. The Golden State Warriors, by adding D'Angelo Russell, put themselves in a win-win situation. They needed somebody to take the workload of Klay Thompson while he's rehabbing from his injury. D'Angelo Russell took a step forward forward 
in his NBA journey, in his game. We saw an elevation of his game in Brooklyn. Can it translate? Can he work with the Golden State system? I believe so. They have a great system. And if you're willing to play your role and listen to Steve Kerr and listen to Steph Curry and Draymond Green and your teammates around you, absolutely. You step in there. You don't have any of the pressure of being the man. You just need to do what they ask you to, which is basically to fill Clay Thompson's spot, whether they're saying it or not. And then when the trade deadline comes in February, if he's doing good, That only adds to his trade value so they can add that piece right before making a final push for an NBA finals run. So in my opinion, I believe that that's how he's going to help them the most is during the trade deadline. We don't know where he can end up. Do I think my Phoenix Suns should draft him? Mm, I don't know. D'Angelo Russell's kind of that enigmatic character where, you know, I didn't really like where he outed. Whether it was right or wrong, you can go into that on another time. That that just broke like a manly man's rule for me. You, you don't ever snitch. You don't ever snitch on your dudes to to a lady. Like, hey, I'm going to put your business out on blast. That's That was a weak, soft move in my opinion. Um... But that doesn't have to do anything with his game on the court, but it does have to do with chemistry. Can can the teammates that you play with on the floor trust you in the locker room? You guys are traveling across the country, staying in hotel rooms. That was a bad move. So hopefully he's grown from that. We all make mistakes. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. I don't think he'll be with the Golden State Warriors long term. Um, I think he's going to be used as a pawn, but we'll just have to wait and see. The next thing that I want to talk about is Russell West Westbrook. N- now, I kind of let the cat out of the bag if you guys didn't know, but you should know if you if you like sports. Now that Paul George has left town, Russell Westbrook is rumored to be asking for a trade. He wants out of OKC. Now, let's let's take our time with this one. I want to take my time with this one because there's a lot to uh, uh, unpack here. He wanted to be the man in OKC. Kevin Durant didn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. After getting on a microphone and lying to us all and saying that he wasn't going nowhere. And not only did he lie to us, who cares about us? He lied to Russell Westbrook. And I believe it was the GM or the coach at the time saying, I'm not going nowhere. Then he takes a little trip to the Hamptons. Next thing you know, he's with the Golden State Warriors. Help them win two more championships. Having said all that, Russell Westbrook chose to stay there and he was the man. He's been the man. He, over the last three seasons... Averaged a triple-double. Now, in my opinion, I think it's a watered-down stat for him specifically. I I don't think the triple-double is a watered-down stat, but I think that it's kind of... It's pat statting. Uh, It's stat patting. (laughs) Sorry. He he got triple-double the last three seasons or averaged a triple double this last three seasons but did it help his team get any further did it help his team advance towards the ultimate goal of the NBA finals run and the answer to that question is no it didn't 
it helped his personal agenda, maybe a little bit of his legacy because that's nothing to shrug at, right? The, he's the last, he's the only player since Oscar Robinson to average a triple double. But he was doing it in a way where it didn't elevate the play of his teammates. And so then you have to sit back and ask yourself, well, then what's the point? Would you rather have Russell Westbrook not average a triple-double, but then everybody else around you play better? Or have Russell Westbrook be the man and be selfish and take all these crazy shots that he takes, but average a triple-double from that? You kind of got to pick your poison with that. One of the things that spoke volumes to me was a person that can speak to that, which was Ennis Cantor. He did an interview when they were on their playoff run with the Trailblazers. Ennis Cantor is now with, I believe, the Knicks. But Ennis Cantor said, they asked him, what is the major difference between playing with Russell Westbrook and playing with uh, Damian Lillard? And this is what Ennis Cantor said. He said, when you play with Russell Westbrook, He wants you to go 100% all out on every play and he's verbal about it. He gets into these confrontations with the other team and you have to feel like you have to back him up and he expects you to raise your game to to his level or in other words he wants you to take on the identity that he's putting forth for being the man of the team but then some guys can shy away from that and in the ultimate moments where you need to count on your teammates they can't rise to that because you put so much pressure on them on the flip side of that he said about Dame Lillard after Dame Lillard hit that game winning buzzer beater step back buzzer beater it was awesome it was beautiful Ennis Cantor said Damian Lillard is a quiet leader He doesn't like all that jaw-jacking, trash-talking. He's more of the level-headed, cool head will prevail. Just keep grinding. He uplifts his teammates so that when he needs them in the crunch time, in the final seconds of the game, they're not so wound up that they can't concentrate on what they need to do, that they make smart plays because they're not so wound up in the one-on-one battles like Russell Westbrook likes to get in. Damian Lillard knows, okay, look, it's a team game. We're all here together. We all need to play together to reach that next level. And that spoke a lot to me. Now, what does Russell Russell Westbrook want out of OKC for? They've given you everything you've asked for. You asked to be the man. They let you be the man. They let you play your style of game with whatever coach that you choose uh, that, that, that they have hired you were asked to be paid like the man guess what you got paid so then what is he really asking for is he willing at this point that the light bulb finally go off and him say hey I uh, I'm willing to take a step back I'm willing to n- not necessarily be the man but be a focal point of the offense on another team but have a running mate because Everybody's left him now. You know, Kevin Durant left him. Paul George left him. James Harden got traded, but James Harden's not there anymore. And then you have to ask yourself, well, who's willing to take on that contract? 
that's a huge contract which make doesn't make you necessarily impossible to trade but next to impossible to trade and what are you going to do on that next team that's different from what you're doing in in, in OKC I mean are you going to still try to be averaging a triple double on that other team trying to take on all that workload but then ultimately getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs year after year after year I think Russell Westbrook is going to be a Hall of Famer. I think we will be talking about, can you believe this guy averaged a triple-double in the modern-day NBA years from after he retires? But I, I think we will also be talking about how good he was and he never won a championship. Just like Charles Barkley, just like Allen Iverson, and the list goes on and on and on and on of great players who, were, who weren't able to elevate their teammates' play for the ultimate goal of winning an NBA championship. And I'll save the best for last. Kawhi Leonard finally chose a destination that he will be playing for for at least the next season. And he also brought somebody with him. By the name of Paul George. Now, if you guys listening to this show don't play Texas Hold'em poker or poker in general, these two guys came out of nowhere with a poker face. And just like just to seal a turn from Texas Hold'em, just pushed all their chips into the middle and said, we're all in. And they did it with not one word spoken. Now, let's let's kind of unwrap what happened. Jerry West is the GM or a consultant, I should say, for the L.A. Clippers. This is the just in case you, you, some of you younger listeners and, and, and I don't mean that as a slight. The Manly Man's podcast is an educational show as well. Jerry West is the logo, the NBA logo, okay? He went to nine finals. You guys talking about LeBron. Oh, well, he went, he won three, but he's still great because he went to eight NBA finals. This guy went to nine NBA finals. He only won one because they kept running into the Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks or you, or you name it. This guy was a bad boy. This guy could play some ball. So much so that he's the NBA logo. After he got done playing on the court, these are a couple of teams that he's put together that have gone on to win multiple championships. You guys know he was the one who drafted Kobe Bryant to the Lakers and put that team together that went on a multiple championship run. And then he went to Golden State and helped put that team together. And we all know what kind of championship they run they went on. And now with Steve Ballmer as the owner of the LA Clippers with deep, deep pockets, just added Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That team is going to be beast. They're going to be so fun to watch. If you didn't like watching the Clippers before, you remember them, right? Uh, when they had DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin with all those dunks and you thought you liked watching the Clippers then, just wait till this season comes. They're going to be must-watch TV, which leads us to the next thing. 
who's going to be the real king of L.A.? That's right. I'm talking about LeBron James. You think Kawhi didn't know that? I'm going to go play in L.A., my hometown, his hometown. When I'm saying hometown, I'm talking about Kawhi Leonard. Knowing that they're going to play in the same arena that the Lakers play in. And he's going to be going, basically fighting in the L.A. fan base to say who, see who's the real king of L.A. That's going to be so fun to watch. I can't wait. The rivalry between those teams, the inner city rivalry, not even interstate, inner city rivalry. That's going to be so fun to watch. Paul George is also from L.A. It's going to be so fun to watch. Now, guess who else is from the California area? Do I think they might add him? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But his name is Russell Westbrook. And he used to play with Paul George. He's also from L.A. Went to UCLA. If the Clippers add those three, watch out. That is going to be amazing to watch. Well, those were most of the key moves during NBA free agency. Thank you for joining me and supporting me on the Manly Man's podcast. I've been your host, Adam Ariano. Stay up, stay to the grind, and I'll catch you guys on the flip side.